Lord Jesus, we love you, and we are so delighted to be able to gather here in your house. I pray, Lord, that you would open our hearts this morning, that we might hear from you, our King, and it's in your name we pray. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Uh, so I, I sent an email about this a few weeks ago, but you'll see that I'm, I'm wearing a traditional uh, alb is what it's called. Some people sometimes call it just a robe or whatever, but this is a, a symbol of baptism. Uh, you don't need to be a priest uh, to wear a robe. Uh, anyone who's been baptized in our tradition is entitled to wear one, so next week I expect everyone to come wearing robes. Uh, also, uh, a special thank you to my daughter, Marin. Uh, the first time I wore an alb in church, uh, she was sitting in the front row and she yelled up, nice dress, daddy. Uh, so thank you, sweetheart, so much for not doing that today. Uh, but it just seems fitting in this space with its beauty and as a reminder of the righteousness that, that we are all clothed in in Christ um, to wear these traditional uh, garments here in this space. A couple of little like weird housekeeping things. Um, parents, we've got a, uh, what are we calling it? A quiet room? No? A cry room? Okay, we're calling it a cry room right now. That's a terrible name for a room like this, but it's the room over there. Uh, it's lovely. It's wonderful. Uh, also, if you need to use the restroom, there's restrooms that are down this hallway, uh, or you can go down the stairs, and there's bathrooms uh, down there as well. So how's that for some housekeeping stuff? <laughs> I feel like I should pray again. Lord, yes, bless this space. Amen. Uh, yeah. So uh, last week... Facebook, the company, made a rather large announcement. They said that they're renaming themselves, they're rebranding themselves, they're now calling themselves Meta. Meta is now the new name of the Facebook company. Now, Facebook, the social media service, will still exist. Uh, so for those of you uh, who adore and love Facebook, phew, uh, facebook.com will still exist. Uh, but now uh, the parent company of it is Meta. And so Facebook is joined alongside other social media apps owned by this company, Instagram, and WhatsApp is another one. But there's other products that Meta makes that you might not be familiar with. Uh, they make these virtual reality headsets called Oculus. They create uh, art artificial reality glasses is something that they're currently working on. So you would wear these glasses and it would be able to tell you things about your environment. They've got hologram projects, which reminds me of Star Trek, but they're actually really working on these things. And then they also have a handful of like digital uh, biometric sort of things that you can wear on your body so that Meta can understand what your heart rate is, what your breathing uh, cadence is, and all these sorts of things. Really exciting, maybe? Not so much. Uh, so Meta is creating this fleet of services to digitize and measure the entire human experience. If it can be observed and measured, then it can be marketed to, can't it? Meta believes that now is the time where we're seeing all of these trends merging with one another, trends of uh, commercial trends and technological trends and social trends, and this uh, allows them to justify investing in an all-encompassing virtual universe the metaverse. So during this announcement, uh, they, they played a video where a woman put on uh, these virtual or these augmented reality glasses and she walked through her home and the glasses were able to create a digital map of everything in her environment. It was able to identify everything. It knew the name of it, it knew where it was purchased, it knew its color, its texture. If you wanted to get a, a link to buy it again or share it with your friends, the glasses would prompt you for all of those things. 
So Facebook's goal, uh, I mean Meta's goal, is to transform reality itself into a product. In Meta, we live and move and have our being, you could possibly say. As one executive said, the hope is that when the metaverse eventually arrives in its fullness, it will feel like home. Well, today is All Saints Day, and the message of All Saints is that you have a home in Jesus. You, in, you have a home in Jesus. You have spiritual aunties and uncles, spiritual mothers and fathers, brothers and sisters. And this family comes from every generation, from every tongue, tribe, and nation. We read about it this morning. One person at a time, God is transforming sinners into saints. And you can call it the great cloud of witnesses. You can call it the kingdom of God. You can call it the church. The point is that you have a home in Jesus. And this is not a virtual home. The kingdom of God does not exist to extract or distract you from this world. You are not an anonymous, randomly generated number in the kingdom of God. Your purpose in the kingdom of God is not to simply raise capital on behalf of the world's elites. God's home will not objectify you. God's home will not quantify you or monetize you. No, Jesus was crystal clear about the purposes of his kingdom. He said, I came that you might have life and you might have it abundantly. In the kingdom of God, God sets the captives free. The lame can walk. The blind can see. Here we tell stories of his goodness. That's what the children are doing right now. For the first time since March 2020 on a Sunday morning at Restoration, we're teaching the children stories in their own classrooms. We've, they've been learning stories of God in the services. You know what I mean. But we're so excited about this. But by the power of Jesus Christ, here in his home, we are reconciled to each other and to God. So let's talk about home today. And perhaps this is the first time you've been in church for a really long time. And already from the second you walked in, you were like, this is weird, this is weird, you know, your creepy vibes are going up, and you're like, this isn't home to me right now. Or maybe you've attended Restoration ever since the beginning, that first Sunday in the community center four years ago today, and now you walk into this room and you're like, oh my goodness, home has changed, it's different now, what's going on? I hope... Uh, that all of us have something that we can hear today about what it means to be home in Jesus Christ and his church. So let's talk about home. Now the Bible is one big invitation to come home. And so what I want to do is I want to pull out just a little key verse from each one of the three passages that we read today. And uh, I want to see what this has to say about the home that Jesus is calling us to. So first, let's hop over to the Gospel of Luke. Now, earlier, if we were to flip several pages back in Luke's gospel, we would read Jesus say that he proclaims the good news, that he's here to proclaim the good news, which is that the kingdom of God is here and now. And today, in this Bible passage, in this story in Luke's gospel, Jesus says, it's a home statement, he says, blessed are the poor, for theirs is the kingdom of God. That is a statement about home. Who is God's home for? Who is the kingdom of God for? for the poor. And when we keep reading, we read words like for the hungry, for the sick, for the tired, for those who are excluded, for those who are reviled. That is who God's home is for. Now this pandemic has completely decimated our relationships, 
Has it not? I mean, there's friends now who I run into and I, I don't even recognize them because their facial hair is different. Maybe they've put on or taken off a couple pounds, you know, but, but you, like, it's really hard to recognize people. And with masks on, you know, it's like, I think I know you, but I'm kind of second guessing myself. Like our entire relationships have been decimated. The other night I met a, a new neighbor, uh, new to me at least. He says he's lived here now for two years. And I'm like, oh, okay, brother, like, nice to meet you. Welcome to the neighborhood. And he told me how it's so hard to uh, maintain his old relationships because of Zoom. And now in, these new, in this new world, uh, we're all just sort of siphoned off in our own rooms. We are a nation, or our own homes. We are a nation of lonely people. Well, I pray that here at Restoration, we're able to proclaim the good news that God has a home for the lonely. This is why we take COVID seriously here. All the, the children's classrooms have these HEPA filters in them. Uh, we have the fans running all the time in the building. Like, we want to take this seriously because we want to be able to create a space where people can gather and be with one another, where we can catch up on what our weeks were like, where we can share one another's burdens, where we can celebrate with one another and mourn with one another when it's appropriate. God's home is for the poor, the lonely, and the broken. So now let's go to Ephesians Paul reminds us in this beautiful and complicated passage from Ephesians that the the church is a rich inheritance that we have in Christ. We are all recipients of a rich inheritance. Inheritance is a family word. Inheritance is a word of home. You receive an inheritance from loved ones who pass away. Well, now there's, there's a lot more that we could say about this passage, but for now, I want to direct our attention to verse 19. Here, Paul says, he says that he's praying for the believers, and he's praying for that they may have what is the immeasurable greatness of power. The immeasurable greatness of power. There is power in God's house. There is power in the home of the Lord. When God brings you home, he places within you his very Holy Spirit. You have an inheritance of power. Now, this doesn't mean that you have some sort of like magical capabilities where where you can like spiritually conjure things just upon some like secret words or whatever. Christians don't perform magic tricks in order to impress people, nor do Christians get whatever they want whenever they want because they uh, have been baptized or whatever. No, the power of God is often hidden in the eyes of the world. God gives power to his people to put to death secret sins which impound and cripple us. God gives his people power to become people of prayer and people who know how to draw from the deep wells of his spirit and discover things like peace, to discover things like wisdom and lasting joy. That is the power that you have received as a believer. You see, there is deep, immeasurable greatness, great power in God's home. So where does this power come from? Well, for this, we'll turn to Revelation. So in the book of Revelation, this happens at the end of the Bible. This is when the apostle John is, he's in exile on an island and the heavens are opened up for him. He actually receives a vision into heaven. We're given vivid imagery to describe spiritual realities. And we see a great multitude of rescued people, rescued people from every tongue, nation, and tribe who are worshiping God, all the saints of God's kingdom, singing praises to the God who heals the world. And what's at the center of this? Who is this God who sits upon the throne in heaven? Who is the leader of our home? 
Is it an authoritarian tyrant who demands your submission? Is it a greedy, greedy megalomaniac who sees you just as a cog in his grand digital machine? Is it an angry father who sits upon the throne, whose touch is cruel and whose love is remote? Who sits upon the throne? There in verse 17, we see it is a lamb. The lamb is in the midst of the throne. And the Bible tells us that he will be a shepherd. He will guide them to springs of living water, that God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. We talked about that a few weeks ago. The home that God is calling you to is led by Jesus Christ, the lamb who was slain. At the center of God's home is a leading lamb, a good shepherd who bandages your wounds and refreshes your soul. God's home is for the broken. There's power in God's home, and Jesus is the leader of our home. So where is your home? And I don't mean what's your address, you know, where are you gonna go hop in your car and go back to at the end of the day? No, where does your soul find rest? What is refreshing for you? Is it an online metaverse? <laughs> is it the political sphere where you get excited and, and invest your emotional and relational energy? Where is your home? Also in this passage from Revelation, God is described as being a shelter to people, that he shelters people with his presence. Who provides the shelter of your heart? So one of the things that I love about this sanctuary that we've inherited uh, from saints before us is the stained glass that you see around you right now. The beauty of this room, the very beauty of this room reminds us that our home is in Jesus Christ. Starting from this panel, it, it, we begin at the beginning of Christ's life and we walk uh, all the way around the life of Christ. So here we have the painting or the stained glass depicting Bethlehem when Jesus came and dwelt among us. Here we see that Jesus worked like us. He was a carpenter and worked among us. Here with these fishes, we're reminded of Jesus calling the disciples and saying, I will make you fishers of men. Jesus likes to party. Uh, we see the wedding of Cana right here where Jesus turned uh, water into wine. He heals the paralytic. He forgives sins. Here he wants to nourish us with his presence at the Last Supper. We see this. And then over here we have the betrayal. He knows what it's like to have those who are closest to him reject him and hand him over. He knows our pain. He's, he died upon the cross. The butterfly represents the resurrection and the new life that we have from Jesus Christ. He gives us his Holy Spirit after he's ascended to the throne. He fills us with his power. And then here we experience the freedom of his grace to walk in righteous living. And then over here, the panel of the, the crown and the sword and the trumpet, we see Christ the King, uh, which is a holiday that we'll be celebrating in a couple of weeks. Christ the King. The, there will be a day in which he returns to this world and makes all things new and beautiful. The room itself is reminding you that this can be your home in Christ. As light comes in here and illuminates this room, may your hearts and souls be illuminated by the warmth of Christ, that he is not far off and remote from us, but that he actually dwells with us. He's worked with us. He's celebrated with us. He's carried our sorrows. He's forgiven our sins and paved a way for us to live in his victory. You can be home in Jesus Christ and his church. In a moment, we're gonna be baptizing eight children 
Uh, we're going to use our baptismal basin that we've used uh, for a long time uh, here. And I pray that you would be encouraged by that, by encour- that you would be encouraged that even today, Christ is adding more and more saints into his kingdom. If you haven't been baptized, if you haven't experienced that, please come and tell me. Let's talk about that. We don't have to baptize on on high feast days like this. We've done it on other days. Uh, Tim, you know that very well. (laughs) Um, But come and talk to me. We would love to... um, I want you to know without a doubt that you have a home in Christ. And that is the statement of baptism. It's not because of anything that you've done that enables you or empowers you to be baptized. That's why we baptize infants in this. Like the reformers would say, all of us are like infants at the waters of baptism. And so, like the the paralytic who's being lowered down, these children are being brought to the feet of Jesus Christ by their parents, and on behalf of their faith, they will know that they have a home in Jesus Christ. These are waters that never run dry. Jesus can wash away every sin. And then when we are seated at the table, we are reminded again that Jesus sets a feast for us. Let's pray together. Lord Jesus Christ, we thank you for the home that you have given us, both physically here, but more importantly, Lord, uh, for the home that you have given us in your son, Jesus Christ. Thank you, Lord Jesus. I pray, Lord, that as we go out from here, as we go out into the world, that we might be bold to invite more people into our home, that they might know what it's like to be free from the burdens of this world and and the um, guilt of sin, that they might know what it's like to to join with a a real family who loves them. Lord, this is such a lost and broken world. May we be ambassadors of your home, Jesus Christ. And it's in your name that we pray all of these things. Amen.